Hey, welcome to Teb's Talks, the Prometheus podcast. If you want to check out more of the things I do, head to jasontebs.com. What is up, everybody? It is Teb's Talks, the Prometheus podcast. I'm your host, as always, Jason Tebbs. The summer 2021 Olympics are right around the corner. They will be in Tokyo. This is a holdover from missing the 2020 Olympics. COVID. What a fickle fickle thing. So we're getting 2020 Olympics in 2021. So on my YouTube recommendations, there are a lot of Olympic trials that are being recommended to me. I've seen everything from gymnastics to um, swimming, to diving, to running, to shot putting, to pole vaulting. Like I've seen all sorts of Olympic trials or sports in that realm be recommended on my page. And I've watched a couple of them because I feel like as a lot of us can agree, the Olympics are a very exciting thing. And, you know, you have the big names of the Olympics. Um, Ledecky for swimming. She's a huge name. I mean, previously Phelps for swimming. Simone Biles uh, for, I want to say, pardon me if I got that last name wrong, um, for the women's gymnastics team uh you got like the joke that is the men's soccer team that never qualifies so that's always fun but a lot of people are like yeah the olympics are the one time every two years where i just go hype i'm all aboard america like usa number one every other country can go eat out of a trash can type thing people are very excited about the Olympics to see the world's best athletes perform at the top echelon of sport. And it got me thinking because I was watching, I believe I was watching Ledecky swimming and I was like, she is just dominating these other swimmers. And it was like back in the day, Michael Phelps was just dominating other swimmers. Ledecky could very well be, and you know, we'll, we'll see in the Olympics, but the best female swimmer in the world. The best. Simone Biles, you know. We'll see come the Olympics, but very well, the best gymnast in the world. The best. Number one. At the top of the sport. And it got me thinking, what does it take to become the best at any given thing? Now, the obvious easy answer is hours and hours of hard work dedication, perseverance, a baseline of innate capability, the heart of a lion. Of course, like we understand that when it comes to say the basketball court, Michael Jordan, probably by the time he was, I don't know, six, put more time in on the court than I have through my entire life. LeBron James, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Lewis Hamilton, Michael Phelps, you know, these people have put in way more time and effort and energy into their given sport than especially your average human being, but more than that, the next competitor. Now, if you take Michael Phelps, for example, two two people could train just as hard as Michael Phelps, but he does have an innately swimmer body. I think his wingspan's like a 6'7", and he's 6'4", something like that. So he just had a body that was very naturally fit for swimming. 
and that definitely helped him out. So there are some certain things like that that you can't really change. You know, he he Michael Phelps wasn't changing his wingspan. But there, there are definitely certain things that you can train. I, I think, again, let's go back to Ledecky swimming. They were talking about how she has a specific swimming stroke that just uses up a ton of energy. But I think it's she doesn't kick her legs as much, which doesn't cause as much turbulence. So if you watch her swim versus all the others, there's not nearly as much turbulence in the water behind her causing drag. And it uses a ton more upper body strength which goes faster in the short run, but it's much less sustainable. But she just has this mentality to power through it. Whether it's a 100 or an 800, I think she was quoted, everything's a sprint to her. It's just how long the sprint lasts. I don't know if there's a single thing in the world that I am the best at. Other than those answers like, well, I'm the best at being me. I'm the best at being Jason Tebbs. I'm, you know, one and only. When, when the competition is just me, it's not hard to be the best. Once you get a once you get a single other person added to the equation, like I'm not even the best child of two. <laughs> I only had one person to compete against. And uh, you know, my sister's the best child. But also, you know, I'd be super interested in seeing in certain categories, where do I land in the percentage of the general populace? Take for example, Call of Duty. Like, Call of Duty, the video game, has a leaderboard. And it will tell you the percentage of wins that you have, the percentage of score that you have, the percentage of kills that you have, compared to the player base as a whole. And I'm by nowhere near a great Call of Duty player. I'm by no means an elite Call of Duty player. I'm not going to go pro in Call of Duty anytime soon but at the very least I can look up my stats and see where I lie so pulling this up right here let's go to that in terms of score let's see I am the top 10 percent in terms of kills I'm the top 10 percent wins I'm in the top eight percent and when you think about that that's kind of crazy now you got to think okay there's there's probably millions of Call of Duty players. Let's just say, well, actually, I, I, I assume I could Google this real quick. One second. Okay, doing a super si simple Google search, uh, grabbing the first article. The Call of Duty Twitter account on April 20th tweeted, 100 million players and counting. 100 million players. Now, I don't know how active those players are. I don't know if it's just 100 million accounts have been set up. But 100 million is a big, big number. So if I'm in the top 10%, that means there are 10 million people that are better than me at this game. Now, there are 90 million people I'm better than. But there are 10 million people that are better than me. And let me tell you, if it came down to creating a professional Call of Duty organization, I am 10 millionth in line. Good luck. So, okay, top 10%, that's great. But when you actually look at the numbers, I'm nowhere near a top-level athlete in Call of Duty at the very least. And I, I bet it would be the same for a lot of things. I've always considered myself 
you know, jack of all trades, master of none. I've always considered myself like, hey, I can I can generally gain a rudimentary understanding of most things that would probably pass the average person or a rudimentary skill in most things that would probably pass the average person. Now, you got to take into account <coughs> when I say the average person, the average person isn't doing most things, right? The average person, when we take the world as a whole, isn't playing Call of Duty. A hundred million's a lot, and I'm I'm better than the average Call of Duty player, sure. But it's also not that high of a bar to beat, if I'm going to be at all honest. With most things, it is a, I would say, an exponential growth of skill, where you have like 90% is pretty flat line. 90% of the people in the world at any given skill are pretty flat line, like don't have that much understanding, knowledge, or skill in anything. And then as you go from the 10% to the number one person, it's like an exponential growth of skill and knowledge and information and ability. So sure, I might beat the average person at Call of Duty being in the top 10%, but the gap between the average person and me is way smaller than the gap from me to the number one person. And again, I'm only using Call of Duty because I could easily pull up leaderboards and actually see where I am amongst the vast sea of Call of Duty players, right? But if, if you go something like swimming, okay, yeah, you have Michael Phelps, who is the most decorated Olympic medal winner, I think in history, but definitely for swimming. I think Ledecky's soon to be like up there with him. But we'll go back to Michael Phelps. So yeah, we can easily pinpoint, hey, here's the greatest swimmer that's ever existed so far. He's number one. Ledecky, greatest woman swimmer that's ever existed so far. She's number one. Beyond that, I have nothing that would indicate, am I the top 10% of swimmers in the world? Am I the top 5% of swimmers in the world? Am I the top 50% of swimmers in the world? Right? There's nothing telling me that. There's nothing telling me that. The nice thing about video games is everything's data and it's stored and it's analyzed and it's put out to the public. That's great. Swimming is very, very abstract. It's impossible to gather all that data for everybody. It's not like when I go to the rec center with my wife and child because it's only five bucks per person to get in and our kid gets in free because he's a little guy. It's not like I'm hopping into the lap pool and we have state-of-the-art equipment monitoring how fast I can swim 50 meters freestyle and then comparing me against the world. That's just not happening. I don't have any recorded data. And the only people that do have recorded data are already in a league well beyond what I'm at. So sure, I would like to say if you take the average person I would like to think I'm a better swimmer than the average person. There are a lot of people in the world that just never really get the opportunity to hone their swimming skills. I took swimming lessons when I was younger. I have a wife that was, you know, on the swim team in high school. So she's given me some pointers as to how to do that. I can analyze how Olympic swimmers are doing, watch techniques on how to swim properly. I have a lot of 
economic and technological and first world advantages than the vast, vast majority of the world as a whole. That's very, you know, it's a privilege I have. I'll admit it. But at the end of the day, being in the top 10% of swimmers in the world isn't getting me anything because it's not actually that unique. It's not actually that much of of an accomplishment. It's not actually that big of a deal. Because sure, let's just say we have 10 billion people in the world. Okay, I'm better than, you know, and I'm overestimating because the math's way easier to do with 10 billion. I'm better than a whole one, or I'm better than a whole 9 billion people, but there's a billion people that are better than me, right? A billion people. If if the world has 10 billion, which is an overestimate for what the world population currently is, but for the sake of easy math, you know, we're closer to 10 billion than we are to 5 billion. If you have 10 billion people in the world and you're in the top 10%, there are a billion people that are better than you. Now that that's a big number. It's almost impossible to like wrap your head around a billion, but let's just shrink it down. You have a hundred people on earth. You have a hundred people on earth and the survival of all 100 people requires each individual person to be able to do a hundred different tasks the most optimal way possible. And let's say one of those tasks is swimming. Like in order for our tribe of a hundred people to survive, we need the best person that's able to swim across this river. It's about 50 meters long. And I'm thinking, cool, I'm in the top 10%. Like, wow, I beat 90% of the people here. Well, there are 10 people in this tribe, or, or nine, you could say. There are nine people, you know, in this tribe that do that job better than you. So for our group survival, maybe I love swimming. Maybe you love swimming in this example. You so desperately want to be a swimmer. But our survival is dependent on that person getting across that river as fast as possible. And it's not you. And it's not going to be you. There are other tasks that need to get done. Now, when I say this, it sounds a little, it sounds slightly pessimistic. It sounds like don't go after your dreams. You're never going to be the best. You know, you're never going to compete. The crazy thing is in the world as a whole, and especially when it comes to sports, sure, the odds of you being the absolute very best, very minimal. But the great thing about sport is you need somebody to compete against. Let's take Formula One. Let's take Formula One, for example. There are 20 Formula One drivers. It's a very exclusive club. Very exclusive club to be a Formula One driver. Okay, so if you're in the top 10% of Formula One drivers, you're either the best or the second best, which at this point, you're either Max Verstappen or Lewis Hamilton. If we're going off of this season, you're either Max Verstappen or Lewis Hamilton. I'm not Max Verstappen or Lewis Hamilton. You listening to this aren't Max Verstappen or Lewis Hamilton. And side note, if one of those two are listening to this podcast, one, how did you find it? Two, I am deeply honored. But the race isn't just those two guys. There are 18 other people competing. And then below them, there's a whole field of Formula 2 drivers. And I want to say there's about... 26 to 30 formula two drivers and below them there's a whole field of formula three drivers 
And then across the pond, you have a whole field of IndyCar drivers. And you have a full field of NASCAR drivers. And you have their, you know, circuits that are just below them. Right? You might not be the very best, but it's not impossible to do the thing you love. And do it well enough that you contribute to society in a way that it then helps your survival. So let's take me directly in my life. I don't know if there's a single thing in the world that I am the absolute best at. My career is what's called a customer success manager. So what I'm doing is I am talking to our clients, making sure they understand our software, making sure that their needs are taken care of. I'm for sure not the best person in the world at doing that. No, nowhere close. I might not be in the top 10%, but it is my profession. It is what I've made a career out of so far, and it's paying my bills, and it's helping me survive. I don't need to be the very best. I don't need to be in the top 10%. I just need to do what I need to do well enough that it provides a benefit to my company and thus provides a benefit where my company is like, yeah, we'll keep this guy around. He's doing well enough with what we need him to. We'll pay him. And then I can buy groceries. I can pay my mortgage. So sure, would it be nifty to be the world's best swimmer, the world's best Formula One driver, the world's best basketball player, make millions and millions, invest it into billions and billions of dollars? That'd be neat. But on the other hand, I chose not to dedicate like 90% of my life to basketball or to swimming or to karting. Like you've got to be in it. You've got to be living it and breathing it. And that's for a lot of things, the rich white people sports, like you've got to dedicate your childhood to it. I have plenty of friends plenty of relatives, plenty of neighbors where they themselves or their kids or their siblings or their cousins or my cousins were doing competitive sports. And it's not like they're going pro anytime soon. They just loved the sport and wanted dedicated and wanted to dedicate their time to it. And they got onto high school teams and some of them went on to college teams. But I don't think I personally know a professional athlete any sport. And they were taking weekend trips during the summer to Vegas and to Mesquite and to St. George and going to, you know, this sports camp here and that sports camp there. And yeah, you know, you you have friends on your team and you absolutely love it. I was hanging out with my bros in a basement playing Call of Duty. So they might be at the top 10% of soccer players or basketball players or baseball players or hockey players. I've wound up being in the top 10% of Call of Duty players. None of us are pro, but when asked, we can hold our own with something we like doing, and that's okay because at the end of the day, we're paying our bills a different way, and we're just having fun with what we're doing. To end, you know, with the theme song of Pokemon, like, I want to be the very best like no one ever was. That's an admirable goal, and if somebody's aiming for that, like, I hope you get there. I want to be the very best at something like no one ever was. I don't know exactly what that is. I know I have talents. But I'm okay with being in the top 10% of quite a few things and being able to leverage that to help my survival and make sure I'm taken care of and my family's taken care of. I just need to be slightly better than the average bear at some things and I think I'll be okay.
Because really, at the end of the day, to be a functioning member of this society, that's really all it takes. Like, let's take... This is my last example. This is what I'm going to wrap it up with. Over the summer, I forgot which exact summer, I think the summer of 2016, I was working road construction and I was the guy that held the stop sign. That's not a difficult job. It's <laughs> the the worst person at that job isn't much different from the best person at that job. It really doesn't take that much skill or knowledge or innate ability to be able to hold a sign that says stop and then occasionally flip it to slow. It requires a little bit of coordination, but honestly, you could have the other guy coordinate for you. And that job, you know, paid for the bills I had then. I wouldn't be able to survive on that income nowadays, but back then it was great. There are some people, you know, if you get on certain construction jobs and you've been doing it for a while and you live a certain lifestyle, it can pay the bills for certain people. And it, and it works out. And they're a functioning member of society and they're providing a benefit. You know, to do that job, you got to probably be in the top 10% of people that can withstand heat, withstand the boredom of just holding a sign there, you know, withstand having people be irritated at you because you're blocking them in traffic. You know, you got to be in probably the top 10% of people to do that. I, at one point in my life, I was that person. I was, I was in that top 10%, but you know what? That's a funny example, but somebody could make a job out of that and make it through this life and do the things that they need to do and some of the things that they want to do. Like it's possible. It's possible. You don't have to be an Olympic level number one in the world at whatever it is. You just have to have a couple things where you're in the top 10% of people in the world and you're going to do just fine. And it might be goofy things that you don't initially think of. It's probably not going to make you millions of dollars, but you'll get by. I'm getting by doing it. I'm at top 10%. You know, wouldn't rather be, would, wouldn't want to be any other place. You know, you just got to find those things. It's probably the things you're already doing. Just leverage those, you know, leverage your skills, your innate abilities, and then just have fun with the other things that aren't paying. Like I'm not getting paid to swim, but I can still have fun swimming and be a top 10% swimmer. Again, I don't know if I am, but there's the idea. Anyway, thanks for listening to Teb's Talks, the premier useless podcast. Go ahead, like, favorite, share, follow, rate the podcast, whatever you do on your respective platform. Follow me on Twitter, Pummelhead. Go visit my website, jasontebs.com. Every other platform, Pummelhead. If you look up either Jason Tebs or Pummelhead, you'll find me. There's like no others in existence. I'll catch you next time. Peace out.